Welcome to the ABHA Listen and Learn Podcast, where we discuss the latest issues related to hearing and balance healthcare. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. Dana Day and Dr. Susan Schmidt. Hello, I'm Dr. Dana Day. And I am Dr. Susan Schmidt, and welcome to the ABHA Listen and Learn Podcast, hosted by Arizona Balance and Hearing. This is where we discuss all the latest advances in testing and treatment of all hearing and balance issues. As one of our core values and one Dr. Schmidt and I take seriously, the education of both ourselves and mostly of our patients, this is why we're here today. Right. And to that end, if anyone who is listening has any specific questions you would like to have answered on this podcast, please go to questions at ArizonaBalance.com, and Arizona is spelled out. So questions at ArizonaBalance.com, and we will be sure to answer them in one of our upcoming podcasts. Also, don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss any of our awesome future episodes. Hello, Susan and I are so glad you are here with us today, and we would like to say hello and welcome to Robin, who is producing Introducing this episode of ABHA Listen and Learn. This is our second episode. So how are we doing, Robin? Oh, okay, we, <laughs> we got, got the thumbs, thumbs up. up. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's just being kind. <laughs> That's right. Or we caught her off guard. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Um, Court, um, he is our non-audiologist layperson (laughs) that's usually with us. Um, He's not with us today still, um, but we would like to give a shout out to him um, and let him know that we miss him and we can't wait for him to be here behind the mic um, with us again. So Court, wherever you are, please come back soon. Yes, come back, come back. We miss you. Yes. Who are we going to put on the spot? No. I know. <laughs> well, today we're going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Great. So I bet you really want Court to come back. <laughs> exactly. If we can get him to come, where is he right now? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, we have some exciting news. Um, we are in the process of opening a very small satellite office out in the Gilbert area. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Susan? Yes. So... Um, For all of you listening, Gilbert is a kind of a suburb of Phoenix. It's on the Southeast Valley, um, a little ways from the downtown area where our current office is located. Um, But we just felt like that area was growing and we see a lot of patients that are coming from that area um, to come see us in the Phoenix area. So we thought that would be a good um, location to expand. Um, So we found um, an office um, in that area and it's right next to um, a hospital, right next to a bunch of medical um, facilities in that location so that it would be much more convenient for those East Valley um, patients to just come to that office um, for their hearing and tinnitus healthcare needs. Right. We're so excited. We're not quite there to open and hopefully Uh, We'll let our listeners know when we are open and ready, but Mm -hmm. um, we are very excited about that to serve the East Valley. And you're really excited because you don't have to drive 45 minutes to get to work. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Literally, I could ride my bike. (laughs) If my car breaks down, I can still make it there. Uh, So, yeah, so it's really convenient for me. Um, But I do think it's very convenient for all those people in the East Side that don't want to come over to the Phoenix area. Right, right. Um, so that's one thing that's happening. Um, we're experiencing in Phoenix, a heat wave, but I guess there is heat wave all across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I know in the Pacific Northwest where we both have family in right. that area. Um, so that's not been very good. And then we've got these fires going on. So, oh, let's just hope that. The rain, if anybody knows a really good rain dance, um, Susan is a dancer, so you could send us a video and she could try that out to see if we can get some rain going on here. Right. We did get a little rain the other day. My brother flew down from Seattle and brought the clouds with him and it 
rained. Yes. <laughs> it rained. Water came from the sky. It was I, very exciting. Yes. <laughs> and this was more than just enough to get your car dirty. Right. It was actual <laughs> water rain. So it was really, it was really nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else new happening? It's just, we're just surviving right now. Right. We're just trying to get right. everything settled and up and running and still um, treat patients and uh, see them as best we can. As you, we mentioned in our previous episode, uh, we've been quite busy and we continue to be, and we're very thankful and grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're having to try to figure out how we continue with our core values and get these patients seen without um, driving ourselves batty. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Having anybody, everybody come in and seen in a um, reasonable amount of time and um, adjusting our schedules so that we can see all these um, patients that seem to be coming from everywhere currently. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. And you've finished up, if not, I know you've got a little bit left on your second tinnitus study, mm-hmm. but you are winding it down to to end it up soon. And um, you had quite a few, well, not quite a few, but you had several people that participated in this last study that weren't from the Arizona or Phoenix area. Right. Um, And that was one of the things that was really good about this study, um, that depending on the group that you were in, you didn't necessarily have to come to the Phoenix area. Um, So we had somebody from Holland, Mm-hmm. Um, participate. Um, we had other people from different areas of the United States um, participate as well. So um, it didn't apply for all the groups, but for some of the groups, um, you could still participate and not be here in in the Phoenix area. So oh, great. Yeah, but we are almost done. We're really at the tail end of that. We're not taking any new um, patients or new uh, participants for the study. Um, We're just kind of wrapping it up and seeing what the results reveal at the end. Great. Well, that kind of ties us into what we're going to talk about today, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to really put you in the hot seat. Mm -hmm. Yay. (laughs) First of all, I'd like to thank the over 5,000 people who have clicked onto your tentative study results video. That is unbelievable, Susan. I it's unbelievable. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Yes. You obviously have something uh, a lot of people want to hear about and learn about. Uh, but from all the clicks, we have gotten some great questions, some skepticism, and some questions that we need to clarify in different areas. But we also have gotten just some nasty comments. So we're going to ignore the nasty comments, um, but we are going to do some I'm going to put you in the hot seat and I'm going to ask you some of these questions that have come through on, mm-hmm. um, for the video and hopefully answer and clarify some of these points that people want to know about. So let's get started. Great. <laughs> <laughs> let's start by telling us why you decided to do your study in the first place. Let's say this first one and then what led you to the second one. Okay. So... I mean, there's a lot of research going out there um, regarding tinnitus um, nowadays. Um, so there's been um, a lot of research in Michigan specifically um, looking at certain treatments. Um, but I think, you know, there's millions of people with tinnitus. And if we could all just do something, um, just test out different um, different treatments to see, you know, who who is being affected, how are they being affected by different treatments. I think that would be just a really good um, way to kind of tease out, you know, what would be the best treatments for different people. Because the the issue is not one thing helps everybody. Okay, so tinnitus arises from different reasons. It's it's very advantageous to find out what is the reason. um, And then go towards a treatment based on that reason. Um, sometimes we can't find the reason though. So, um, so in those cases, what do we do? Um, and you know, what is the most effective treatment for the most amount of people? Um, so that is initially why I said, yes, let's, let's look at different things. Um, I'm seeing these tinnitus patients and I'm 
treating them. Um, but you know, is it, is it effective? Is there different things that I could be doing that are more effective for different people? Um, so that's initially why, um, we decided to do this first study. Um, and then after we did the first study, then we're like, okay, well, we found this great information out now. Can we expand on that? Can we change it? Can we improve what we did on the first study? So that was the, the propelling factor of the second study. Yeah. And like you said, a lot of people have tinnitus. In fact, the estimate is 50 million people have tinnitus or tinnitus. Right. And that's any type of buzzing, ringing, hissing, head noise. It can be all different things. to do. And I like what you said that it's not a one, you know, you can have a treatment plan and it works on everybody. Right. Because I don't know anything that really works on everyone, but that would be an example of, it's, it's so individualized. And right. it's how, it's not only the tinnitus itself, but it's the reaction to the tinnitus. Correct. Which yes. is very different. For, for a lot of people. So there are many factors that go um, into why somebody is perceiving their tinnitus. Um, and so teasing that out, what are those factors? and then giving a treatment based on those factors. That seems to be the best treatment protocol that we have today. Right. And we're, again, I know we've said this over and over in all of our broadcasts um, and episodes, but we are not talking about a cure. Mm -mm. No. There's no cure. Nope. There is just treatment. Um, um, just like you would treat different disorders. You would treat diabetes. Um, you know, you treat it. Um, doesn't necessarily, you're not going to cure it. You're just going to, you know, have a better quality of life if you treat mm -hmm. the problem. Yeah. Well, this was a national study in which you were not the primary investigator. And I'm talking about the first study. Mm -hmm. You went beyond what the other sites were doing. Why? Because my specialty is to um, treat those with tinnitus. <laughs> um, and so, um, so I know that um, if we bring somebody in, and the first study was dealing with um, technology to mm -hmm. treat the tinnitus, um, but sometimes that's just not enough. Um, you know, for the majority of patients, my patients, that's just not enough. It, it really helps. Um, sometimes it decreases or eliminates your perception of the tinnitus while you have the technology on, which is great. But then you take them off and then the tinnitus comes back. So there, there's different things that you need to do in those times where you don't have the technology um, to, to, you know, just change the way your brain is perceiving that tinnitus. Right. Um, so, so I thought it was really important to, to go further on and educate people about the tinnitus, what their likely cause is, and here's other things that you can try in conjunction with the, the technology um, to hopefully um, make a bigger impact in your life and on your tinnitus mm -hmm. as, the, as the study goes on. Right. And then I think that was... Um precipitous or that, that led into the second study because you went to those patients that may had some relief or no relief from mm -hmm. the first study. Right. What if we change it and, and do this? Would it make a difference? Am I? Yes. Yeah. No, that is, uh, that's completely correct. Um, so if, if somebody, you know, try the technology and they did, okay, not fantastic. Okay, well, okay, so let's um, maybe try it again and let me try different other techniques with it um, the second time. Or maybe they try the technology and said, you know, no, it wasn't that effective. Okay, well, okay, let's look at, you know, these other treatment options and see if if doing something other than the technology will have a bigger impact on your tinnitus. Um, because tinnitus, again, is in your brain, um, so we're treating the brain. And is it, is it an emotional reaction that you're having to, um, to give you that tinnitus, or is it lack of information that your brain needs? Um, is it trauma to the brain? What is going on inside? Yeah, yeah. Um, and how did the participants learn about the first study? For the first study, um, we contacted um, those patients that we've seen before for tinnitus. Um, so in our, in our database, um, we had quite a few um, 
um, previous patients that we we invited to be part of the study. Um, we also put it um, online as well, and you know welcomed everybody, you know in the Phoenix area who wanted to come downtown um, to be to participate in the study. Um, so we did get um, quite a big response on that first yes. <laughs> on that first study. Yes, we did. Um, as expected, because again, millions of people um, do experience um, some sort of that internal noise. Yeah. yeah. What were the upfront cost and expectations of the participants? Um, so there was no cost. Um, so this is something that we really wanted to investigate. So we invited um, people to come in free of charge. Um, they just had to come in. We gave them a, an evaluation, um, completely evaluated their whole auditory system um, in many aspects, uh, a more complete evaluation than they've ever had before, um, mm -hmm. as that's what we need. We really need to get those little bits of extra information to figure out um, what the auditory system is doing. Um, so they, they came in, they got the free evaluation, um, and they got to be fit with, you know, this premium technology for, for hearing um, to actually give the brain the correct stimulation that it's been missing. Um, and so they came in, they did not have to participate for the two months. They could drop out at any time, um, which is great because um, some people um, did have to drop out for different reasons, um, but there was no prior commitment. It was just coming in and these people just wanted to see, does this treatment work for me? And um, hopefully I'm helping people, other people in the future figure this out. Great. And you mentioned a comprehensive evaluation. Mm -hmm. What exactly did that entail? Okay. So when somebody comes into our office, um, we do a pretty extensive history to get to the bottom of, you know, what is the tinnitus? What does it sound like? When did it start? Um, important things like that. Um, and then we actually test all the parts of the, the hearing system. So we test the eardrum. We test um, the three little bones behind the eardrum. We test there's a reflex um, that, that we're supposed to have when loud sounds go in. Um, and it actually is a brain response that we're testing. Um, we test these little inner ear sensory cells um, very specifically, different pitches. Um, we test for those tones that most, most people are familiar with, you know, hearing <laughs> the tone, pushing the button, hearing the tone, pushing the button. Right. Um, we do that as well. Um, we test for speech understanding. Um, definitely that's important. Um, speech understanding and quiet, speech understanding and noise. Um, so we're really getting at the bottom of that that hearing system um, is there a problem if there's a problem is that why that tinnitus is arising so that's why we do the, all of that extensive testing and you also match uh, true which yes. is uh, unbelievable how you're able to match mm -hmm. down to literally the exact decibels so it could be 4280 one <laughs> exactly i love that uh -huh. um yes yeah we we do have um a little sound system there and so we do try to have somebody listen to their own sound and we try to narrow it down getting closer and closer and closer and closer to what their sound is and when we do that um, that kind of guides us as to oh okay um is this coming possibly from the from the ear or is this coming from another place um because you know, different sounds are being generated differently by the brain. So, um, so that gives us a, a better understanding as to where that sound is coming from. And does that help you with any type of programming? It does. Um, if we're going to put treatment technology on somebody, um, then we specifically target that specific area in which that um, that person is noticing the tinnitus. So if they are noticing, you know, oh yeah, I have tinnitus at 4,264 hertz, uh -huh. um, <laughs> um, then we're going to target that area and we're going to kind of play around with the technology um, to give them the maximum stimulation or sometimes the minimum stimu stimulation in that area. Um, and that seems to make a difference for a lot of people. Okay. So this question was asked a lot. What was the technology that was used? 
why did we not come out and name it? Okay. So first of all, I will name it for everybody. <laughs> okay. um, so this technology was um, from a manufacturer called Oticon. Um, and they have a specific technology. It's, it's called just what they call it, the Open S1 technology, okay, which was a premium technology, but no longer because um, it's been replaced by something else. But, um, but this is the technology that we were using in our office that, that we were noticing just with time, just by accident. We were just noticing that this particular technology was doing better at reducing um, patients' tinnitus um, just by putting it on. Mm -hmm. um, just, you know, okay, you hear the tinnitus, then we put these on and turn them on, and bam, um, it changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. um, and we were finding this to be different than other manufacturers. Um, don't know why, um, but that's just something we were noticing. So when we did this study, that's what we chose, um, this particular technology. Um, when I did the the video describing the results of the study, um, which I thought would be really helpful for people, I did not list that specific technology because I knew that, you know, just like everything else, these are all little computers inside your ears and they're going to be upgraded every six months to a year. Right. So they're not going to be available um, forever. So just by not listing them, then I just, you know, eliminated that. Okay, well, everybody wants the Oticon Open S1 technology that may not be available anymore. So yes, that makes sense. Right. But when you were talking about premium technology, mm -hmm. we, you chose premium technology because of a certain um, processing in that technology. Yes. What is that? It, um, it has a special, you know, compared to lesser technology, um, the premium te technology has um, different capabilities to, um, to get around background noise especially, mm -hmm. um, which is very helpful um, for patients with their hearing. So if, if, if the tinnitus is caused by a hearing deficit, um, specifically they can't hear in background noise, and we give them the processing um, power to do that um, so they can hear in background noise again, um, then the strain on the brain is reduced. Okay, when your strain on your brain is reduced um, and it's getting the information that it needs, it doesn't have to create its extra sound anymore. Right. So, um, so that was one of the, the important reasons. Um, and the way that this technology is put together, it does emphasize speech a lot. Um, mm -hmm. different, different, manufacturer, di different manufacturers dif emphasize different um, aspects of what we call the audiogram, which is, you know, the different um, low to high pitch sounds. Um, and this manufacturer seems to really capture um, speech and getting clarity of speech really well. Right. But this technology that you just spoke about mm -hmm. can be found in any manufacturer that has premium products. Yes, any office that has premium products, yes. correct. Any audiologist that you go to, um, I'm sure they have the capability of getting um, this Oticon product. Um, now there's an upgrade in it. I'm sure the, the Open S1 technology is still available, um, but now they've upgraded that, and so um, we don't know yet, but it, it assumes to be better um, than, than their previous technology. Um, but if you go to any audiologist and request, okay, yeah, I'd like to try the Oticon um, technology, they should be able to um, provide that to you. Um, in saying that, though, some, some audiologists really prefer different technologies for different reasons. Um, so, you know, sometimes they may be like, oh, well, I can get it, but I'm not very really familiar with it. Um, but, you know, you just kind of tease that out as you call around and see right. who has that available. Right. And it is possible that some of the other technology like Phonak, Widex, Darkey, they may be able to, they, they have that same technology. It's how they place it, the emphasis in their chip. Correct. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so, mm -hmm. so if, if someone goes out and their audiologist says, you know, I work with XYZ manufacturer, mm -hmm. really what you're wanting to know is, I want the highest technology so that I can 
do better in noise. Right, right. Okay. You, you do want the, um, the processing power of, of really, as much as we can, decreasing that background noise and increasing the speech that you want to hear. That's what the brain wants. Um, so you really want to get um, really good technology that works really well for your auditory system. Great. Mm-hmm. So a question that just came through um, when they watched your video, well, isn't this just a hearing masker? Um, no, actually. <laughs> it's not. Um, actually, for most, most of the participants in the study, um, we did not introduce a masker. I know that is usually the first thing um, that when you go um, to get um, hearing technology and you have tinnitus, they immediately um, apply a masker. Um, that is not what I do. Um, I want to see if the stimulation of the brain by itself um, impacts that tinnitus. So mm-hmm. I will program these little devices very specifically um, to the hearing loss and the hearing needs um, of each individual. And I will see if that tinnitus just immediately decreases or sometimes goes away while you're actually wearing the te- with the technology, which is wonderful when that happens. Um, I will only introduce a masker, and for everybody out there, a masker just is an extra noise that comes into um, the device that kind of just covers up your tinnitus somewhat. Um, and so those can, you know, they're available in any technology, which is fine, um, but I don't use that unless necessary. So if, if the stimulation is not enough and the tinnitus is still bothering somebody, then I might introduce um, different other noises to, to distract the brain or cover it up or give that individual um, an opportunity for a break to not hear their noise for a certain period of time. Oh, Great. Yeah. I did not realize that. I did not realize you hadn't used maskers. And I mean, as a frontline defense, if right. you will. Nope. Nope. That is the last, the last option that I use. Great. Um, what other things did you ask participants to do in the study? We asked them to wear their technology um, all day. So they wake up, they put it on, they wear it all day long before to go before they go to bed they take it off so I wanted the brain to have that full stimulation all day long um, for the maximum benefits I wanted to see over time if um, if they had an impact on their tinnitus right away if it stayed or if they had not had their tinnitus impacted that much um, did it change over time as the brain became more and more stimulated and more happy mm-hmm. um, with the, the surrounding information that, that went up there. So, um, so that is one of the things that we asked um, the participants to do. That was the main thing. Um, but then again, this was a nationwide study and that's what a lot of other people did um, in, in the US. Um, but then I went a little further and I said, okay, well, um, but you have problems at night too. So here, here is something that I want you to try at night or um, during the day, because I know you get all stressed out. I need you to be doing these things every day as well. So mm-hmm. I asked them to do um, some extra things that I thought would be important and that might impact their tinnitus as well. And what were those extra things? Sometimes um, using other sounds like music, especially Mm -hmm. um, as I've talked about before, I think um, on these podcasts, um, music will really stimulate your brain. um, And we want that. Um, We don't want the brain to just be idle. Um, We want it to be stimulated and active all the time. So, um, so listening to music that you really enjoy or classical music, especially um, will usually decrease your anxiety um, first of all, and will give that brain that, that needed stimulation. And over time, it, it kind of gives you the ability to focus. Um, and we want that. We want you to be able to focus on what you want to be focused on and not what you don't want to be focused on. And so that applies to tinnitus too. We don't want you to focus on the noise. We want you to be able to focus on other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes when you are going to bed, you're really bothered by the tinnitus. And so, um, so in that respect, music seems to work good or any other auditory distraction um, to take your mind away from that noise um, and allow yourself to fall asleep. Um, but that's something we went even further into the second 
the second study um, to help a little bit more with that aspect of things. Right, right. So um, it wasn't just we're going to put these on you and you're going to walk away, these hearing device technology on you, yeah. and come back in three months. No, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that usually doesn't work for anybody. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so when we put them on, we ask people, okay, um, yeah, just wear them for a week and then we want to see you again. Okay, so then they, then they came back after a week, um, told us how they were doing, um, what are you experiencing, what were the good things, what were the bad things, um, so we can make adjustments. Um, and, but also we do um, some highly sophisticated testing on those devices to make sure that what we think is going through the auditory system actually is. So we have a way to measure that. Um, and we did that for everybody coming back on their second visit to make sure that what we feel like they're getting, they were actually getting. Um, and when we do that, um, it does make changes in the technology and usually um, they actually perceived an even better benefit at that time. Great. Um, so, um, so then um, we had them come back a couple more times before the end of the study. Um, they were filling out a, um, a survey each time we saw them um, to see if, if, if in fact they were progressing, um, but also just verbally, you know, when they were like, oh yeah, this is, you know, this is great, or um, sort of feeling a benefit, but not sure. Um, so we got, you know, just their overall impression as well. Great. Um, Define what you mean in your um, video when you say 92% noted improvement in tinnitus or tinnitus. I think it was 92 or 95. Yeah. Um, that, as I described in the video, um, there, there were, we categorized people um, as, as to how well they did. Okay. Um, so... If at the end of the study um, we found a improvement in their tinnitus, um, which most people did, 95% um, had that improvement, we categorized them in different groups. So, so the highest number of people actually had um, the highest number of, or the best benefit um, in their tinnitus. Um, so, um, you know, the 95% had, you know, 100% to 60 to 100 percent improvement in their tinnitus which mm -hmm. is pretty amazing yeah. um and then you know we categorized um you know more like 40 to 60 percent and 10 to 30 percent so the the greatest number of people um that participated in the study who had an impact on their tinnitus it was at that highest level so it was at the 60 to 100 percent decrease um, and the reason why we wanted to note that is because there's a lot of tinnitus studies out there and they're like, oh yeah, my, you know, these patients had improvement and then we look at it and I'm like, it's so minute, like <laughs> what they were measuring. Uh -huh. I was like, how would you know, is that really an improvement or not? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, so we looked at the numbers, but we also looked at what people said and how much they felt their tinnitus was reduced. Oh, okay. Great. If participants in this, the first study did not purchase or want to purchase the hearing technology, what did you do with them? Did you just say, okay, fine, go away? <laughs> no, no, um, no. So they did have the option to purchase the, the technology after the study. Um, I wanted to make sure that this technology was available. I didn't want to use anything that wasn't available because then we have to take away something that was working for somebody. That wouldn't be very nice. Uh -huh. um, so this technology was available to purchase. Um, if, the, if the patients wanted to purchase it um, from us, they could. Um, they could go somewhere else and purchase the technology if they wanted to. Um, we had s several people from um, the VA come and um, they found out this worked for them. And so they have that benefit from the VA. So mm -hmm. they went over there um, to get that technology, which is great. Um, and then, you know, some people 
decided, well, as far as the cost versus the benefit, um, they didn't find that the benefit was enough um, to to warrant the cost of the devices, which is fine too. I mean, they were just participants. They were, were just trying these out. Um, so if that was the case, then we're like, okay, no, we're gonna still follow up with you and I'm gonna give you these other things to do mm-hmm. um, to help with your tinnitus over time. So um, so I didn't wanna just, you know, just leave everybody go, oh, goodbye, we'll never see you again. I wanna, I wanna make sure that they're continuing to do something for their tinnitus as time goes on. So this wasn't just a ploy to get people to purchase hearing aids? No, um, because that's not my thing. I don't, um, I don't usually do the hearing technology at right. all. Right, she does it, by <laughs> the way, listeners. <laughs> um, so, no, this is, this is, you know, my wanting to find out different ways of helping more people as time goes on. So that was my motivation for this. Um, that was my only motivation and still is my motivation going forward. Um, I don't like to fit the, fit the technology, but I will um, if it works for different people. Great, great. Um, and I, what was the approximate number of the patients that completed the study? It was 58, I do believe. 58. And yes. of that 58, only about 20% purchased. I think even less. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, but you're um, still in contact with uh, some way mm-hmm. with those 58. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, everybody was giving different different options at the end of the study. If you wanted to purchase it, if you didn't, um, if you wanted to go somewhere else, if you had a benefit somewhere else, if you wanted to try different things. Um, so, um, so we're still in contact with most of those. Yeah. Participants. In fact, I think a couple of your participants, I know of one, but maybe even more, actually had technology, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the premium technology. Right. And so you did the study with them. Mm-hmm. Some of them, at least this one I'm thinking of, had had therapy for tinnitus, but not with the premium technology. Mm-hmm. So for the duration of the study, he worked with you. Right. But then went back to his other, took with his other hearing mm-hmm. instruments and went back to where he started. So, right. you know, and then I know he's still keeping in contact with you, but it, he's still seeing his audiologist at his yeah. previous site. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and some people did come in with other technology. And so we were comparing, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's not really apples to apples because it's different technology. So it's difficult to, to tell sometimes, but they, you know, they wanted to see, Oh, does this Oticon technology, um, is that really ha- more helpful for my tinnitus than, than what I currently have? Or, uh, somebody fit me with a masker and is this different than the masker? Um, so, so yeah, uh, you know, just every combination of um, of participants came in, some without technology, some with, some with different technology, some who have tried different things um, for their tinnitus before. Um, so there was just a, a wide range of participants and from a wide range of backgrounds and a wide range of what they've tried in the past. Great. Mm-hmm. So if someone is listening to this podcast, um, this episode, mm-hmm. and lives outside of Phoenix or Arizona, do they need to come to you to get treatment, or can they see someone else? They can definitely see someone else. Um, if they truly need the treatment technology, um, coming to a different state um, is not the best option usually um, for people unless that, that is your very last resort. Um, so usually if you, if you find that this, this technology works for you, you can find somebody in your area, um, an audiologist that will fit it, um, even if they don't work specifically with tinnitus patients, sometimes um, you know we can provide that information to them as to how they might um, adjust the technology to help better with the tinnitus. Um, so that is definitely an option, and it's a really great option for most people to work with somebody in your area um, that can provide the technology. Um, as far as the second study that we're wrapping up with, um, that was a little different because we were looking at different things not involving technology for some of the groups. So that was different. We can definitely 
um, talk to you, counsel you, give you different ways of trying to treat your tinnitus in the future. Okay, great. And speaking of coming off the second study, I learned yesterday from you that your next project, not tomorrow, folks, but <laughs> your next project is developing information um, and a series of things that p- patients can do on their own um, to help with the tinnitus or tinnitus based on what you've learned in these previous two studies. Right, exactly. So, um, so if, if I can come up with um, kind of a, a protocol or something that you... Uh, routine or something that you can do every single day, um, one or more things that you can do every single day to make a difference in your tinnitus, I think that would be helpful for people just to have just that guideline of, okay, what am I doing today? All right, and then tomorrow, what can I do tomorrow? Um, And just, you know, do all of these things and make them a habit. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, so making something a habit usually propels you to keep on doing it in the future, which might make a bigger difference in your tinnitus in the future. Wow. That was a lot of questions <laughs> I threw at you. And I did <sighs> scatter in a few of those nasty questions. Yes. Um, but I did clean it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you'd like to say or comment on before we wrap this this? section up yeah I just want to I just want to say that I I very much appreciate all the 5,000 people crazy number 5,000 people that that watch that video Um, we're so excited about that but we just wanted to do this podcast because we thought it was important for people to know the motivation behind the study because some people you know had their own opinions about what we did, even though they had no part of it. Um, so the motivation is just to find out different ways of treating the millions of people that have the tinnitus that, that are bothered by the tinnitus. So that was my motivation. That's usually the mov- motivation of all um, the manufacturers and the audiologists trying to figure out how we, we can better get a handle of those people that have tinnitus that's bothering them. Um, So it it impacts your life a lot. And so what are the different ways we can help lessen that impact of that tinnitus? Right. So that is just, you know, that was my motivation. And that's just the motivation of this profession. You know, how can we best help you? Right. I totally agree with that. Because um, within our own profession, we have things that we like to specialize in. And not all of us, but some of us. And definitely yours is tinnitus or tinnitus. And um, again, staying within my lane. Mm-hmm. If I have a patient that that's just really, they're, um, they're really bothered by it. I don't try to do it. I send them to you. Um, and I have that luxury of doing that. And I also have the luxury of you and I sharing, mm-hmm. um, which if any of audiologists are listening out there, um, Susan is wonderful about that. She'll share whatever she knows or has discovered with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it goes both ways because there's certain things that you have come to me because I have right. my specialties. So um, that's what makes our partnership at ABHA um, such so outstanding, in my opinion, right. um, because we've been doing this. And now we're bringing in other people and we're, we're looking to them for their strengths. So. Right. Exactly. And, and that's what we do. But in everything that we do at ABHA, and this is, okay, I'm going to get on my soapbox for here, so folks, if you want to turn me down, but whether it be tinnitus or balance or auditory processing disorder or therapies or, or whatever the case may be, our, our main goal and has always been that of our patients. How can we best help our patients? And if something that we do that helps our patient can help a patient in New York or Holland or wherever, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that, that we at least put it out there. It doesn't mean that we think everybody's different. So um, I say that to my patients a lot of times in the sense of saying, I don't know if this will work, but we can try it and see. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do at ABHA. Right. Um, we don't have hundreds and thousands of millions of dollars from NIH <laughs> to, to do and host these multi-site huge studies. 
um, to determine. So we do what we can for our patients on a one-to-one basis. And if that helps others or it helps us learn, then we can do the others. Would you agree with that? Yes, yes. Um, it is, is never our goal for somebody to come in and we, we evaluate them, we test them, we talk to them, and then we say, there's nothing we can do for you. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> so that, I mean, that is just disheartening. Um, so, um, so it is our goal to actually bring you in and actually figure it out. So if I can't figure it out, I will give it over to Dr. Day if that is her area of specialty. Um, if, if somebody is, you know, dizzy or something and, and it, it becomes, you know, involved and, you know, and I need extra help, I will get the extra help that I need. I will get the extra help from Dr. Lambert Tingle, um, mm-hmm. our physical therapist. I will get the help from um, Dr. Day. Um, I will do whatever I can to figure out what is going on with that patient to best help them. Um, we get a lot of patients that come in and go, well, I was, I've been everywhere and everybody says I'm normal or there's nothing they can do for me. Um, so I don't like that answer. I want to find out what's wrong and how can we do, how can we help? Yeah, absolutely. And I actually just had a patient the other day that came in and has been dealing with balance issues for 16 years. And everybody told him he was normal, and it kept getting worse. And um, he's now in working with Dr. Lambert Tingle and um, actually doing quite well. Great. So, so sometimes it, you're absolutely right. I don't. It's very seldom that we tell a patient there's really nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's nothing we can do within our office, we find out where they can go. Right. And where they should go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you for being such a good sport today. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> now we're going to on to our next section of the uh, podcast or this episode, and that's tips and tricks. So I'll start with one of them. Now okay. that is hot and you might be around the pool, if you are wearing your technology, make sure you bring your case with you to the pool If you happen to jump in the water with your technology on, and yes, it does happen, take it off immediately and let it dry out. Most hearing aids are water resistant. Water resistant, not waterproof. (laughs) And just, then all they need to do is have that circuitry dried out. If you have a dehumidifier, you can place it in one of those, um, and that will draw out the moisture as well. Excellent tip. Um, I think I have one too. So since we're talking about tinnitus, um, here's a tip for tinnitus. Um, You should usually, for most people, avoid quiet situations. Um, So you don't want to be in a super quiet situation and just listen to your noise. Um, That is counterproductive, okay? Um, So if you have um, hearing technology and you have tinnitus, you want to wear that hearing technology all the time. You don't want to just be like, oh, well, I didn't go out today. Um, I don't need to wear my hearing technology. You do. Your brain still wants to hear all of those environmental sounds. Um, you have to get get your brain active in hearing those sounds all of the time. Um, so just by doing that might just help with your tinnitus if you wear that technology all the time. Um, it's just not for understanding speech. It's just giving your brain all that input um, as much as possible during the day um, to create a more seamless system from the ear to the brain. Um, so that would be my best tip on tinnitus and the technology. Great. So we're going to we're going to skip the Q and A portion because that's pretty much what this whole episode's <laughs> been about. I thought so. So. Um, <laughs> So, Susan, what is something you're listening to or reading these days? Okay, so I just finished a book, and I really liked it. It's called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, if I said that correctly. Um, But it's just a really powerful book, too, and it enlightened um, a lot of people on why we do the things that we do in our everyday lives. Um, so if you find the pattern of why you do something, um, and the book tells you how to do this, um, you can actually change that if you want to. So it becomes a habit. You can change your habits. 
um, which is a pretty powerful thing if you think about it. Um, so this this can apply to any aspect of our lives, including tinnitus, maybe. Um, so if you if you're in the habit of hearing your tinnitus and you do other things in your life to to change your habits maybe that will have an impact on your tinnitus as well. So uh, that would be my like, book pick for, for today's podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I want to thank Dr. Schmidt for being such a good sport and sitting in the hot seat today. I have a feeling this is going to come back to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to also thank all of you for joining us again today. And if you have any questions for us at ABHA, please post them on our Facebook page or email us at questions at Arizona Balance. That's Arizona spelled out, balance.com. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe as we are always talking about different topics and you don't want to miss any of those in future episodes. Great. And as always... Um, for a free copy of Dr. Day's book, Re-Engage with Life and Family, you can just visit our website at azbalanceandhearing.com and click the box requesting a free copy. Or you could call our office at 602-265-9000 and request a free copy as well. Just let one of our exceptional staff know you heard it on our podcast. Remember, Hearing care is health care, and treating your hearing loss is the number one modifiable risk factor for reducing your risk of developing dementia. Treating hearing loss has also been shown to reduce your risk of falls, decrease the experience of tinnitus, increase your social engagement, and decrease depression. Don't put it off any longer. Again, we'd like to thank Robin for being with us today and helping us produce this show. We also like to thank Dave Pratt Star Worldwide Networks for this beautiful recording studio that allows us to bring this information to you. ABHA partnering with you to better balance, better hearing, better life. Thank you for listening to the ABHA Listen and Learn podcast with Dr. Dana Day and Dr. Susan Schmidt. Join us next time as we discuss the latest issues related to hearing and balance health care. Plus, hear any of our past episodes on demand 24-7 on StarWorldWideNetworks.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.